0: Okay, and double-checking, it is recording. Start. You're listening to Data Plus Love. I'm here this week with Eric Ballish. You probably know him as a newly minted, Tableau-featured author, but if you've been around for any length of time, you've also seen his amazing Data Fam Valentine's in February and seen him as a Millennials and Data instructor uh, with Chantilly Jagernoff. Eric, how are you doing this quarantine?
1: I'm hanging in there, Zach. Uh, thanks for hang- having me. Th- thank
0: you for being a human being I can talk to that doesn't share the same last name as me it's great to have you
1: you're welcome
0: so we're a little slap happy because this is i think only the second episode i've recorded while being in quarantine and i'm in week four at this point i think eric is probably similar so if you're like us uh you've grown weary of your environment and you need some relief and hopefully this podcast will be just the cure for that um so i wanted to say first of all it's great to talk with you i was talking with you in the pre-show and apparently we met last year at fanalytics which i totally didn't remember because that entire night at the conference was a whirlwind um but it's really great sort of connecting and reconnecting with people through doing this podcast or just casual conversations like i've been calling more people on the phone throughout this whole you know self-imposed exile um, than I have at any other point in my life. Like, that's something we sort of don't do in our generation. But
1: Absolutely. it's so much better. Absolutely, yeah. Actually, um, Maria Brock and I were talking about that today, where although, you know, being stuck at home and everything like that, it, it's not great, but it's really put a lot into perspective for me where I'm able to to reach out to those family members I haven't talked to in, in a while or even friends from college. Um, Thursday night, I have a Zoom planned with some people I haven't seen in or four years. Uh, so... You know, definitely maintaining those relationships and, and catching up with those people. It, it's been one of the advantages to kind of being uh, on lockdown. But, you know, also all these great Zooms and virtual Tableau user groups that you can attend. I think it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, every time the ones that are in person, uh, when I see them, I'm like, oh, man, I really want to go to that one. But I'm stuck here. Now I can. so. Um, you know, I think it's great that we're kind of making the, the best of the situation. And I have
0: to rub salt in the wound since I already brought it up earlier, but this was the night of the Cincinnati Meggie mega tug with yeah. that was gonna have like nine Zen masters there. People were traveling in from all over. I know you yep. were planning on going. My buddy David Kelly was gonna be there. Yep. Um, and that's a shame.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, it, it really stinks to think about it. And it was gonna, you know, it was gonna be great to to catch up with some people I haven't seen since the conference and also meet some people that I haven't yet. So I was really looking forward to that. And uh, as I'm sure everybody that was going was, uh, it was gonna be a really good time. So hopefully that can happen again in the future. at some. I think
0: so. I'm hopeful that this isn't gonna be that much longer. And even if it is, we're finding interesting ways of adapting. I do appreciate that we're having sort of more actual conversations and Zoom meetings. And I did something where uh, I think The Info Lab hosted a session last week where there were a couple dozen people on there, and it's just really cool to be able to talk to people you don't actually physically talk to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so this morning, I don't know if you saw, but uh, we did a a chat with some of the other Tableau featured authors. So um, that would be a good idea to kind of get to know each other. Uh, There's a few people on the list that I have met or that I've connected with on Twitter, but we found uh, two times I kind of work. For the different time zones, because we have people from all over the world. So uh, this morning we had people on um, from the U.S., Ghana, uh, France, Hungary, Japan. Um, I think that I think that was I think those were all the the countries that we hit. But it was just awesome to to chat with everybody and. Learn more about what they do and work, but also how Tableau has kind of brought us all together, even though we're from very different parts of the world.
0: That's something I really appreciate about, you know, a lot of the people we've met online and sort of like the data fam community and stuff that there's people of all sorts of disciplines and backgrounds and different skill sets and different levels of skill, as well as different professions and different interests. So you may be in medical, but the stuff that you put out publicly may have nothing to do with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, it's just amazing to see what, what people do. And um, you know, it was just, it was an awesome conversation. So we have we have another one scheduled uh, for Thursday Thursday night. So I guess I have two Zoom meetings Thursday night. Uh, <clears throat> but this one I think we'll be able to include uh, Fred from Australia. So he was sleeping this morning when we had the one. I got
0: to hang out with him some at the conference this past year. Fred is really awesome. And I was oh, really yeah. glad to see him included in this cohort. Absolutely. So speaking of visits and inspiration and all of that, um, Is there a topic that you like to work on when you're doing public work? I know you're sort of seen as the dashboard guy. I mean, not the dashboard, the landing page guy. And you actually have like a landing page dashboard out there of sample landing pages you've created. And it's slick as heck. I mean, it's like, that's not something I get to do at work. So I'm just admiring it saying, wow, that's that's nice. But like, what do you like to make?
1: Um, you know, besides landing pages, uh, definitely a regular in Makeover Monday. So I, I find that, uh, you know, a lot of fun where I, it's just a usually a simple data set that I can take and, and make something neat out of and, and try some new techniques or, you know, I've started to use Figma to, to try and add a little bit more, um, you know, shapes and background images to, to my dashboards. But, um, you know, besides the landing pages, I, for me, I like to find data that I'm somewhat passionate about uh, that I can get behind and, and kind of paint this story with. So for me, when I, when I find that, I think it's a lot easier to viz um, and kind of create something that's a lot more to me. So that, that's typically what I look for and what I get excited about uh, you know, when it comes to building those dashboards outside of work. When you're
0: working on Makeover Monday data sets, do you find yourself approaching it differently than you would like a work data set, knowing that you're working with like data at rest that isn't going to be updated later?
1: A little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that kind of takes one of the the caveats away from it. I don't need to think about, okay, I need to set, you know, this table calc so it always shows the top row or, you know, or something like that where I have to think about what's going to happen when the data gets refreshed or when it blows up with uh, you know a million more rows. Um, Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I usually search for inspiration, get some ideas and and go from there. Um, I like to think that I have all good ideas up here, but I don't. Uh, So, definitely search for some inspiration, get some ideas and, you know, usually just try to, to visit something uh, in, in an easy way that, you know, makes sense to people, but, also might incorporate some new things that I'm trying out. I
0: think that's a very good point. I often try to do something that I wouldn't get to do at work when I'm doing my public work. Uh, that's half the fun of it, really, Absolutely. as well as getting to do a topic that maybe you're interested in that you wouldn't get to cover otherwise. But I mean, you've got some real like whimsy going on, as well as some real clean uh, design. Like You have at least a couple different tableau resumes you've done for yourself, and the evolution of that's been fascinating. And it's just your color choice, your use of white space, and even your use of like neutrals is just excellent. And uh, then you see uh, like the DataFam Valentine generator. <laughs> and I need to know the backstory of how this came up because I think it was February 1st, about two weeks out from Valentine's, you started dropping about two a day these uh, super cheesy, whimsical Valentine's cards. Uh, for members of the Data Fam, and you can actually go out there and see who your match would be. A data Fam Valentine Generator. I'll include the link. But like, how did that come about? Were you planning that in advance, or did this just strike you like lightning?
1: A little bit. So um, I was sitting there one night thinking about, okay, what's you know a new viz that I can do, or just trying to you know come up with ideas uh, around some data. And I knew Valentine's Day was coming up, so I'm like, okay, what could I do for that? Like, let me let me think about something there. And I remembered that when I was in college, very long ago, uh, three years ago, that around Valentine's Day, the athletic department started to put out, um, almost every day on uh, Twitter or Instagram, they would post a picture of one of the athletes and they would take their first or last name and make a little Valentine's Day pun out of it. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool to do with, like the data fam and uh, come up with things like that. So originally I was just going to post uh, make a bunch of the valentines and uh, go through and make the the little image and share that out and then i thought oh no we could take this a step further and make a viz out of it where you know you can model i can model it uh like one of those buzzfeed quizzes where you know we can guess your superpower based off of the time you wake up and the- uh and so it was just this you know nonsensical quiz you could kind of click through and pick different valentine's day options and it would just spit out a match based off of some numbers I put together, but there was no science or anything behind it. So uh, it was absolutely awesome. And I remember going through my Twitter followers and who I follow just to see like, okay, whose name, whose name can work, whose name won't. And uh, it was just, it was so much fun. So I, I had a blast with it and I'm, I'm really happy to see that uh, people, people got a kick out of it. I
0: think that's one of the great things about sort of building a community around the idea of something like data, because you get a lot of interesting personalities and you get a lot of fun. And I think one of the things I've always wanted to bring was I wanted to bring a sense of fun and I wanted to connect people together um, so this podcast is maybe at least one of those, but, uh, yeah, it's, that was, that was so great because everyone was talking about it. Everyone was sort of like wondering what was next. And then when you drop the generator at the end, like that was just the, you know, I think I got Adam Miko, which was pretty
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't remember who I got, uh, but I took it quite a few times. Um, I remember I made my, my brother take it and he got me, which is really funny. So he was like, of course, <laughs> So but yeah I'm, I'm really happy people people enjoyed that and uh, shout out to to Kevin Fleurledge for helping me with the for the parameter act that dashboard cuz that was something I haven't worked with before so uh, he spent a lot of time with me getting it to work right
0: That's awesome uh, Kevin is always incredibly generous with his time like I don't know how he finds the hours in the day to help everyone else and do his job much less spend time with his family
1: Yeah oh, I'm oh, I- I'm always amazed at just how selfless this community is and that's what I tell people that, you know, aren't familiar with it. It's just, it's amazing that if, if you need help or you have questions about anything, you could tweet out one thing and you'll get a bunch of messages or, or replies just on on how to do it or a blog post that can help you. Or people that'll say, hey, you know, send me your dashboard and let me you know, look at it. And I just think that's absolutely incredible. Yeah,
0: Adam said once, Adam Mico, um, that there wasn't a hierarchy. And I really thought that was sort of a notable uh, way to put it, because a lot of times when you think of people that have been elevated to high status through their you know, professionalism and their work and stuff, you would think that there'd be some sense of aloofness or like, well, you're clearly not at their level, so they're probably not going to make a lot of time for you. But I have never had anyone I've talked to in the community really like turn me away if I just wanted to say hi or ask a question or anything. Like everyone's always been incredibly generous uh, with their time.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I have to give... Another shout-out to to Lindsay Betzendahl. I mean, when I joined the the community and uh, I was working on my time we have, I remember I shared something with her uh, originally probably in like January or February of 2019 and I said hey this is what I'm trying to do this is the story behind it this is what I want to display what do you think of this dashboard and she took it uh, she did you know some things of her own with it and she's like this is great like the idea is awesome but there's just no wow factor and so I, I, I was like, yes, I agree. I uh, started to work on it some more, sent, sent another thing over to her, and she's like, yeah, this is better, but still, I don't think there's a wow factor there, and so she and I went back and forth, and eventually, I, I, I didn't give up on it, but I, I let it sit for about four or five months, and uh, eventually, I went back to it, and I said, okay, you know, let me let me try working on this again, and was able to put a completely new design together and shared it out with her. And I just, I remember her reaction um, when she retweeted it. She's like, Eric, this is absolutely amazing. Like I, you know, I remember working with you on this five or six months ago and to, to see you come full circle on it is just, um, you know, really incredible. So, you
0: know,
1: I just, I'm always amazed at how willing people are to help and offer feedback and, uh, really help people kind of get to that next level. I mean,
0: five months is a prolonged time in terms of personal development. So, I mean, not only did you learn new skills in that time, but you probably just picked up new personal stylistic traits that you didn't even have before. It's kind of uh, fascinating how if you look back at your own work in the past, you can say, oh, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. Or if you're making like if you're making personally satisfactory progress, you'll look back and feel some sense of embarrassment. That you're like, oh no, this is still in my portfolio, huh?
1: Oh, that—that's definitely why I redid my resume. Uh, I looked at my old one. I was like, oh, this is good, but I know I could do better. Uh, just after a few months of kind of picking up some new visualization, you know, tips and tricks and what works and what doesn't work. So uh, I, I remember when I posted a picture of kind of my progress. I think I, I had six or seven different iterations of that time we have dashboard, and uh, I remember I think somebody mentioned or used the hashtag Slovis. And so I think uh, <laughs> I, I want to write at least a, a blog post or something about that at some point. That's
0: a really eye catching viz. So, the time we have, if you haven't seen it before, and I suspect most people have it, one viz the day, it's got 23,000 views. Um, it's a series of circles full of dots showing how much time you spend in each of your life activities. It's like a scatter plot, but like a radial scatter plot.
1: Yep. Uh, I think I used uh, Tableau Magic to help me. I think it's like a. a jitter circle plot or something like that. Hmm. So, you know, maybe not the best uh, tool for visualization, but I think just for this concept and story that it tells, uh, it, it makes sense.
0: I think that's uh, an interesting point because what might be like the best use case for telling this, if you were thinking about doing this for work, you never would have done this. But okay. if you had done this the way you would have done it for work, 23,000 people would have seen it. All right, so there's definitely a balance. And I think at this year's uh, tableau conference, there were two different Zen master sessions that were seemingly contradictory, but complementary in the best way. So, um, Mike Cisneros and Lilac Mannheim did one, which was all about getting attention and how to appropriately grab eyes. And Chantilly Jagernoff, who I know you work with, um, did one on like best practices, dashboard design, and even included templates, uh, and the two of them, if you were to take it at surface level, were telling you exact opposite things, all from people that are absolute pros. But when you think about it, your goal is often to do both. You need to be able to communicate data in a way that people will be able to grasp it. But at the same time, you have to sell them on even looking at it in the first place, even if it's their job.
1: Yes. I remember um, I also shared that viz that on uh, Reddit, which is something I don't normally do. Um, and I remember one of the comments on there is, why didn't you just make a bar, a bar chart? <laughs> and I totally could have. I totally could have just ranked the number of days that you spend doing these different activities, but obviously it wouldn't have had the same effect that, that this
0: Absolutely. Was. I mean, that's, that's why it was so effective. It was unique looking, and it immediately caught your attention with the sort of, uh, like, it was like the one of those large bouncy balls from a uh, quarter machine, like for <laughs> a little kid in the middle. Yeah. Jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, super eye-catching and poppy. I, I really enjoyed that one when it came out. But um, Thanks. yeah, one of the more recent things that you've worked on that I was a particularly big fan of, I've gotten really into art viz as an idea lately. And defining that, I don't know if I could tell you what art viz is, but I know what I like. Um, because there's, you know, the sort of question of taxonomy. I was talking with Josh Smith, Data Jack Lope, not too long ago, saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if there was like an art viz collective or something and he's like yeah but how do you define art viz and i'm like see that's that's your job like i'm <laughs> i just i just want to see pretty things that say stuff so you yes. did this famous movie scene viz which i i appreciate your restraint because you did this uh, very clean looking it's series of scenes from movies and tv shows as represented by like horizontal bubbles across the page for different words and sentences and you could easily release this as like a dozen different vizs but you you kept it all as one um which you know bravo for you for you know resisting that temptation but it's a very beautiful clean looking thing that looks like you would find it um i don't know in like a vintage poster store or something it looks like it's it looks like it's meant to be printed is this meant to be printed
1: so um it's funny you say that. I've I've started to um, kinda experiment with printing vizs a little bit because you know I, I like the things that I create, so I, I'd like to display them uh, you know, in my room or around my apartment or or somewhere. So I did print one viz. I, I printed the United States population distribution viz that I that I created and it turned out really well. Um it's sitting right next to me and and I like it. Uh, But yeah, so I kind of had the idea of creating this famous movie scenes, uh, kind of data art like you mentioned, where something I could print out and frame, but it was recognizable enough that if if you saw the movie a few times or you knew the scene, you could probably just look through the lines and and quote it to yourself. Um, If you use the interactive version on Tableau Public, you can hover over it and it'll show you the word in in the line. But I remember seeing... um, I think I saw something uh, on Pinterest. That's kind of where I go for my inspiration um, around uh, a poem, and it was visualized with just circles. And so I thought, oh, let me try that with famous movie quotes. And so I picked out a few that I liked, and I got some feedback from people on Twitter uh, to make you know for different movie scenes that they liked. And so I went ahead and created those, um, and it was it was a ton of fun. So. Um, yeah, definitely something that I want to maybe print and display, uh, whether it's small or, or large. But um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, every, every once in a while I see a tweet on, on Twitter that says, Tableau broke and made art. And it's usually something abstract and, and fun looking. And so I wanted to take a different approach and actually do it on purpose and kind of create this data art concept. And um, why this one might be a little bit more artsy than others, I, I still think that Tableau itself is kind of a form of art. I mean, we can do so much with it and we each have our own style and approach. So uh, for me, that's kind of another reason why I really like Tableau because it's it's a way for me to kind of express what I'm passionate about and, and different colors and, and things like that. So um, that was a really fun project that I hope I can continue to add to. I, I haven't thought of any other one I want to add yet, but Maybe during this quarantine, I'll, I'll watch a movie or see a scene that I need to add.
0: I, I think you're absolutely right. Like Tableau as a tool is, I sort of call it like a, a palette. You know, it's whatever you want to put on it, you can. You just have to figure out the way to do it. I mean, just looking at your portfolio or many other people's, you'll see a large variety of visualization styles and well beyond like bars and charts. And I mean, there's stuff in your stuff that looks like a web app and plays like a web app. You would just navigate through it or stuff that looks like a piece of art. Um, so, I mean, that option is there to, as a content creator, you know, the sky's the limit up until your skill and creativity. So I was going to ask you, um, you are a millennials and data instructor, Right yes okay so how did this come about i i know chantilly um is one of the founders of millennials and data it started at howard university and now they're doing like an online web cohort i talked with maria Maria brock previously she's in that um but how does that come about like how do you become an instructor for that what's it like and what's mad all about
1: yeah so uh i remember at fanalytics uh in new orleans in 2018 uh, Chantilly was uh, one of the the people to speak from the community and she talked about millennials and data. And I remember sitting there saying, wow, I wish I had this when I was in college. I wish I knew about Tableau before I started college because I wouldn't have started down the biology path trying to be a doctor, which that clearly didn't work out. Um, so. I remember seeing her presentation and thinking, wow, this is really cool. And and I knew she was in the DC area, you know, because it was at Howard. But then I knew that she also worked in Philly. So I was kind of confused on how she does all this. <laughs> um, so at the time, you know, she was still working at Comcast, I think, uh, in Philadelphia. And, you know, I was still at home in Pennsylvania. And so, you know, I just followed her on Tableau Public and was a big fan of her work. And, um, you know, I just, that was it. That That's kind of as, as far as it went. And then, I switched jobs and came to the D.C. area, so when I did that, I knew she was here, and I was like, oh, you know, let me reach out and, you know, shoot her a message and see if she needs any help with it or if there's any way I could get involved because sharing Tableau with people is something I'm extremely passionate about because, like I said, I wish I knew about this before I started my college career because I think it, it really would have changed a lot of my decision, what I wanted to study, and so I reached out. Um, she replied back to me, and we had a, a really nice phone conversation, and it kind of just went from there. So. Uh, met her officially at the Alteryx conference. And then we started to spend some more time together at the different Tableau user groups in in DC and uh, just have formed a a really great friendship. And she is absolutely incredible to work with. I am a, a huge fan of her teaching style. And just you know the, the different aspects of, of DataViz and Tableau and how she goes about teaching it to the students uh, in the cohort is just absolutely amazing. So millennials in data, um, you might see it abbreviated as MAD on Twitter, um, but it, it like like Zach said, it started at at Howard University as a program there, and now it's really grown uh, into this online cohort, and you know I think it's going to continue to keep growing. But basically, you know it's just um, uh, it's taught by Chantilly. Um, and she just the way she goes about the, the structure of the database, is and, um, you know, how she gets people thinking in those best practices mind, mindset you know, from the beginning. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, and I wish when I started to learn Tableau that she was there because I, I think I would have been so much further along than where I'm at now. Um, so, you know, definitely a a huge fan and I, I feel, you know, really lucky to be working with her. That's
0: amazing. I mean, I, I am a massive fan of her work and, uh, I have been for quite some time and having seen her speak at the conference and have her explain some of her techniques and even the fact that she basically has templates that she'll use and reuse and that she just pauses long enough between them to get away with it. Yep. I mean, you start to you start to notice the fingerprints of different people's work when you look at it. Like I'm pretty sure I could identify one of your vizes as yours at this point. Like people start to develop a flavor, like not necessarily a house style, but there's certain techniques and styles. And that's just a really fascinating thing. Like if you were looking at a painter, you could identify the brush strokes. Like you're gonna be able to spot a Kevin Fleurlich viz, you know.
1: Oh sure, I know Amira Viz. Anytime I see it, I'm like, "Oh, that's hers. That's Amira Viz. That's Amira Viz." And same with Chantilly. So, yeah, I think, uh, what did she say? She said, "If it if it ain't broke, don't fix it." So, uh, you know, that's something. You know, when you find a template that works, uh, go ahead and reuse that. So, yeah, I, I absolutely loved her presentation, and um, I'm, I know you saw it. All the the people that kind of flocked to the stage after it. It was like she was a, a huge celebrity up there. So. Um, you could just tell the the kind of impact that she has on and what she's doing. The community is incredible. It was
0: it was really ridiculous. Like I can't emphasize that enough. Like, I mentioned that in a previous episode. Like at least a hundred people swarmed the stage. <laughs> like, I have never seen that happen yes. at a conference. Like even <laughs> like the big speakers they bring in don't get that. So, I mean, her teaching style and the fact that she is taking something that, particularly if you're not well-versed and it can feel really, um, really arduous at first. Like I'm supposed to put a bunch of stuff on a page and it's supposed to mean something. Like if you're just coming in from, you know, a standard business role and you're not versed in data visualization, it's going to feel overwhelming and your temptation is going to be to put everything on there, you know?
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you know, even when she's reviewing dashboards that the students made, you know, she's always telling them, you know, you don't always need to show, uh, the scale for this we don't need to have all these grid lines on here you don't need to show the title for this and have all these labels here uh, so she already gets some thinking in in kind of that best practices mind of you know what's needed and and what's not needed and and it always depends on the too and who your audience is so like I said, just an awesome job getting thinking in that that direction.
0: So you also spoke spoke at the Fringe Festival uh, this past, I think it was like winter, technically. I was a panelist on it and you were a speaker. You did a session on uh, landing pages and I know this is something you're sort of known for. Um, Is this a passion of yours or is it something you advocate particularly or just a a role you have found yourself in?
1: Um, (laughs) A little bit of all of that. So um, it started... uh, Started for, for work, uh, we had these these big dashboards where a uh, ton of data in it, and we just wanted to kind of have this buffer in between, uh, you know, the rest of the dashboards and getting to all the data. That just says, hey, this is what you're about to consume. Uh, here's some important information about it. Here's how you can kind of filter it down before you get into the rest of it. Um, so here you go, and, and that's kind of where the landing page started. And I remember sharing the first one out on on Twitter, and and if, Absolutely blew up and a lot of retweets and a lot of comments like, look at this, like, and I had a lot of people ask me, is this, what did you make this in? And it was Tableau uh, with just some images, custom images from PowerPoint. But um, yeah, just a a lot of really good feedback. So I wanted to take that and kind of create a a session out of it. So Fringe Festival was coming up and I thought that would be a great topic. So for that, I created some other Landing page dashboards, uh, all you know, different industries. I have a healthcare one in there, uh, a social media one, a finance one. But yeah, just wanted to create some examples of, of how we can use them, and um, you know, what's kind of some important things to consider and why they might be necessary and. Uh, so now it's kind of taken off where I guess I am the, the landing pages guy. I've, I've given that presentation a few times now, and I, I love it. I think it's something different. Uh, it's not just like your typical viz within Tableau or about calculations or anything. It's almost more of that user experience and, and how we can improve uh, you know things for our users where we can kind of cater those different audience and not scare them away with a ton of data and filters and actions and all this stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I I, I guess I should develop some more.
0: (laughs) I have to say it was an inspiration to me. I had a work project not too long ago that I did some of the first landing pages that we've done at my job. Um, Basically, I was being asked to put together a dashboard that could help someone that was totally unfamiliar with the program grasp a lot of the key concepts, what's going on, KPIs, all of that. So it's sort of an entire universal understanding of something in a single dashboard. Well, The temptation would be, I'm going to put like 12 things on a page. You know, we're going to, we're going to wow you with uh, so much stuff at once. But instead I went the landing page route and went less on a page so that you can start at the landing page. It'll tell you, here are some of the key things Mm -hmm. and here are some of the expanded concepts beyond that. If you click through to something, it'll take you to a page. It'll include some descriptions to help you navigate it. And it'll even include a home button to take you back so that you can keep rolling forward. So, I mean... I I was like, I'm going to take some notes from Eric. I'm going to take some notes from web design. And it's like, these are, this is a little bit of additional labor that could make this a lot less alienating to someone that finds it. Because the more people in your organization that start using stuff, the less you're going to be able to introduce people to your dashboard. Like if you're working with a single stakeholder, then you can work with them personally and, you know, customize something to be exactly what they need and walk them through it. But if you now have a larger organization or more people using your products, you're not going to have the time or luxury or even knowing who's looking at stuff. So yes.
1: Yeah. So like you, yeah, it's almost like you're creating this analytical app within within Tableau, uh, you know, where you're giving them links out to to different things, and maybe they only care about one of the dashboards in that whole workbook. So you're giving them that option, depending on you know what their job role is. So. Uh, Yeah, I think there is a lot you can do with them. Um, I've had a a ton of fun creating them. Definitely have gotten a a lot of inspiration from the community and off of Pinterest, just looking up like landing pages. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I'm really happy that that kind of took off and Now it's something that I can share with a lot of other people. And
0: people should definitely check out your Tableau landing pages viz on your your Tableau public page. Like, that's on there. It's got quite a number of views and likes. Uh, That is a valuable resource if you're looking to stand that sort of thing up at your work. Just seeing what's possible. Because, I mean, if you think about Tableau, um, you might not be thinking website design. But it looks, I mean... These look super slick and professional. Like you paid somebody 10 grand to go develop that page for you, which I don't know how much you get paid, but I doubt it was that much. (laughs) No. (laughs) So uh, while we are all stuck at home right now, I know something that's been on my mind, and I don't know where you are, is uh, everyone sort of feels held hostage right now. Like, there's not a lot that you feel like you might be able to do in the world. So I'm trying to channel some of that into creating something. And I see lots of people doing that in their own capacity, whether you're, like, baking bread or cooking more meals at home or uh, picking up a personal database project. I just want to advocate, like, everyone do something because... If you're just sitting at home waiting right now, you're going to feel a lot nuttier than you need to be. Um, so I've been working on some personal projects, none of which are super expansive or uh, amazing, but anything is better than nothing right now. What's your next thing? Like, what are you uh, firing off soon?
1: Well, I did complete two puzzles uh, in the past uh, two weeks, which is something I haven't done since I was a small child. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, <laughs> but personally, um one of the things that I'm trying to, to do for myself is create uh, a new and improved blog. Uh, so I, after the 2018 Tableau user group, I walked away and I created a blog. Uh, it was ReadySetData.blog. Please don't go to it. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I, uh, I had one post on there about my, my experience at the conference and just how you know it had this great effect on me. Um, and that was it. That was the only post I had for almost a year and a half and so recently now that i have a lot of time on my hands uh, and i've kind of grown in the tableau space and professionally uh, i kind of want to build out uh, a website for myself again so i'm working on a new and improved ready set data blog Um, so i'll have some information about me and and some of the projects i've worked on but also want to incorporate a blog aspect to it so some of the things i I plan to share on there are uh, blog post about my experience printing a viz. So I had a lot of questions after I did that and shared that out on Twitter. So I'd love to share that with everybody. Uh, Kind of my experience at conference and and in the Tableau community and and how that kind of took off for me. But also touch on some of the things we we talked about today. You know, maybe my viz of the day and how I I went through the slow viz process and how it took a few iterations to get it right. Landing pages for sure. Uh, So Definitely want to build that out, so that is, that is coming soon. Um, hopefully I can finish it by the time we're we're out of quarantine. Well, I think that'll
0: be something I'm going to be looking forward to. I will retweet that once you put that out there, so everyone be looking for Eric and me to be talking about his sweet new blog when that comes out. Having said that, our time is wrapping up now. Besides your cool new blog, is there anything you'd like to promote or anyone you'd like to shout out before we finish up today?
1: I do have to shout out my, uh, my OG Tableau homie, Katie Wagner. Uh, so... Katie was one of my was the first friend I made in the Tableau community, and she was so awesome uh, and so sweet. As I followed her around New Orleans, uh, trying to make friends with her and other people in the Tableau community, so uh, since then, you know, she and I have just grown to have this this great relationship. So, um, she and I are presenting um, at the uh, joined Atlanta and North Texas Tableau User Group. Uh, so that's a, a virtual event on the 16th. So excited to kind of share the stage with her and, and present. Um, I'll be talking about Tableau Landing Pages. Go figure. Uh, so if you want to hear that presentation, uh, you definitely want to check it out. Um, but I also want to thank uh, you, Zach, for having me. Um, what you do with this podcast is absolutely, um, I always look forward to, to hearing with, um, you know, different community members you have on and just their experience with tableau and how this just ends up being you know just an awesome conversation well
0: the secret is that this is all really for me so like as long as (laughs) as long as i'm getting something from it and enjoying it this podcast has has always been a success with dozens and dozens of listeners (laughs) yeah uh thank you so much for coming on eric thanks for uh for reaching out to me in the middle of all this craziness going on and just thanks for uh being such a great uh contributing member to the community uh let's not be stranger let's talk again soon man
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Stay safe, buddy. You too. Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here. Um, You're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in. Probably something better. Um, Thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E.